Expectations by Mark Evans. Volume 2. Chapter the First, A Happy Life, Cruelly Re-Kippered. Curse my married above his station journalist of a son-in-law. I am to tell him the next instalment of my life story, and he is late. At last. Enter! Mr. and Mrs. Sowerquill, sir. Dear daughter Lily. How glad I am to see you, dear papa. Oh. And how glad I am to see you, dear papa-in-law. Uh. <laughs> Mr. Sarquill, seeing you is like seeing a cow with two heads. I am a surprising marvel of nature. You are one of God's dreadful mistakes and you make me feel quite sick. <laughs> Only feeling sick is an improvement. At the wedding you were actually sick. <laughs> for our lateness, Papa, but we bring news. You are to divorce? How tragic. That is not our news, Sir Philip. Our marriage is strong and good. A pity. Marriage should be like a boxing match. Dangerous, occasionally painful, and with absolutely no touching below the belt. <laughs> Papa, I am pregnant. You are sure? Well, I have sickness every morning. I could be just waking up and seeing Sarquil next year. Papa! Uh, dear daughter, forgive me. I am delighted. I miss the patter of tiny feet around the house. I occasionally hire some pygmies to tap dance for me. <laughs> it, it's not the same. Then rejoice, for your days of hiring tiny prancing Africans are nearly at an end. And, and now, Sir Philip, the readers of the Times eagerly await the next chapter of your story. Well, of course they do. My life has been an endless progression of trials, setbacks, and conveniently spaced cliffhanger endings. <laughs> Adventure has followed me like a dog follows a man with bacon trousers and lamb chop underpants. <laughs> Where shall I start? Uh, uh, first, I must retrieve something. Another of your ridiculous devices, Arthur. In this crate is the latest in high-speed communications technology. No longer may a journalist witness some news, then have a nice lunch or possibly go on holiday before writing the story up over a period of three or four cases of claret. <laughs> Gone are the days where a victory at Waterloo in June 1815 was only reported in April 1816. <laughs> Hence this. Which is? It is a carrier cheetah. A carrier cheetah? It has replaced the carrier pigeon. Well, eaten. It has... <laughs> Eaten the carrier pigeon. It, it can carry messages at speeds of up to 60 miles per hour over grassy plain or savanna, if not distracted by delicious looking antelopes. Wonderful. Do you write your story and then dispatch it in a case around the neck? Better yet, I open this panel on the top of the cheetah proof crate. Behold the back of the cheetah, which one simply shaves. <laughs> leaving a smooth, waterproof surface to write one's story on. <laughs> Shall we begin? Very well. <clears throat> you have heard of how... Uh, 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 could, could you slow down? It's not easy writing on a furious cheetah. Sarkville, that crate is looking less cheetah-proof by the second. I, I assure you, it is fine. It's not fine anymore! Run! No, no, don't run! Unless you can run 61 miles an hour over grassy plain or Wait! It's heading for the window! Oh, thank God! It was distracted by a delicious-looking antelope. What a stroke of luck that itinerant antelope salesman was passing by. Yes. Enough of your beast-based message carriers. You will take my story to the Times yourself. Yes, Sir Philip. Then we shall continue. 
before. You heard of my youth, the happy childhood rent asunder by my evil and ironically named guardian, Mr. Gently Benevolent. <laughs> my story continues several years later. The years in between are not important. Suffice to say, they were completely uneventful. Apart from one funny incident <laughs> involving a horse and a balloon. <laughs> in those days, I was merely Pip Bin, a rich young man about town, thanks to my invention, the bin. <laughs> my story continues when I called on my sister, Pippa, and best friend and brother-in-law, Harry Biscuit, on the day their children were to start their first term at boarding school. Hello. Pip Bin, how your arrival cheers my morning. And how your cheered morning cheers my own morning, Harry Biscuit. And how your me-cheered morning cheers my already you-cheered morning a cheery lot more. Pip, my dear brother, how good it is to see you. And you, dear sister. Pippa and I were just reminiscing about the incident with the horse and the balloon. <laughs> Oh, yes, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Although, that poor horse. Yes. Any news from Mama and Papa? Not yet. I suppose letters must take a long time to come from the Space Indies. It is a long way away. Still, what an adventure for them in retirement. Yes, harumble for your mother and father. Harumble? It is a new word I have invented. Harry's late father had invented the biscuit. I, his best friend, had invented the bin. And Harry was always trying to match us. Sadly, his inventions thus far had not been successes. His topless hat had failed, <laughs> as had his bottomless trousers. A rumble. Yes, it is an excellent word. It is to be used instead of words like hurrah or hooray or even huzzah, but not instead of words like cauliflower or mattress. <laughs> and where are the children today? Hark, I hear them coming now. In our more modern times, when women are distracted by such things as education, emancipation, and shirtless garden boys, <laughs> it takes fully nine months for a child to grow in the womb. But back then, <laughs> a woman could, if she concentrated, <laughs> conceive and give birth to a child in 10 days flat. Yes. Pippa and Harry now had 23 children. <laughs> All of them were boys. Our young capability, dear sobriety. They had named the children after the great British virtues. As well as capability and sobriety, there was bravery, nobility, punctuality, good spelling, charm, civility, manners, fightiness. Likes tea, hates French, loves Latin, prays hard, doesn't spit in the street, complains not. Tasty, yummy, delicious, happy, sleepy, grumpy. And their youngest son exploit the colonies. Are you looking forward to going to school, children? We are, Uncle Pip. Harumble for school. See, it's catching on. Harry and I had met at Britain's most brutal school. St. Bastards. <laughs> in escaping, we had destroyed it, and on the ruins, I'd used my fortune to build a much nicer school called St. Lovelies. <laughs> and I had installed as headmaster my old friend, Mr. Skinflint Parsimonious, who was, ironically, the most generous of men. Pip, Ben, and Harry Biscuit. Oh, how good to see you. And 
I have gifts for you. Uh, take these bottles of fine wine and these other bottles of less good wine for cooking. Oh, and you simply must have these trousers. Put your trousers back on, Mr. Parsimonious. Damn it all, why not take this apple, which is actually made of gold and not of apples? <laughs> why, thank you. And in return, here are my children. Hello, Mr. Parsimonious! How charming they are. What will they be studying? Well, it's a tough timetable. Each day we start with double kindness, followed by laughter, jollity and loveliness. Uh, then lunch, which is cake from the school cakery. Uh, and next we have double not maths. <laughs> Single, certainly not Latin. And uh, end the day with tickling cake, cocoa and more cake. <laughs> now, boys, it is time to say farewell to your father. Farewell, father. Farewell, boys. And now some brisk exercise. Last one into the swimming pool filled with melted chocolate is a rotter. <laughs> but little did we know that life was about to become distinctly unharumble. Because far away in the east, something terrible stirred. Beyond Bethnal Green, <laughs> out across the North Sea, across France, still further east, across Prussia, across Russia, across Trasha, Thrasha, Plasha, Russia, and Tricia. More easterly yet, over the vast wastes of Siberia, across the raging Barents Sea, and still onwards in an easterly direction over snowy Alaska, icy Canada, snowy and icy Greenland, across the storm-lashed Atlantic Ocean, over the Emerald Isle of Ireland, then further east still, in Cornwall, basically. Something terrible was stirring. The storm is brewing, brewing like a pot of angry tea. Come, thunder, strike lightning, strike! Yes! Its power will now give life. It is traveling through the guide wires into the charge capacitor. All I have to do now is pull this lever and... Yes! I have created life! Or not. <laughs> Curses. Right, I'm giving up evil science and taking up evil gardening instead. <laughs> but wait! <laughs> I have done it! Here, my creation, drink this evil beer. It will ease your throat. Me, 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 tea, red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow lorry. Ah, much better. Where am I? The last thing I remember is London. A church, a duel, and then... No, no! Enormous naked buttocks descending towards my head. I am being both crushed and simultaneously embarrassed to death. Have returned. Welcome back, Mr. Gently Benevolent. Who are you? I am Professor Francis Norman Sternbeater, known <laughs> to my friends as Professor Frank N. Sternbeater. The name is familiar. I'm a cousin of the Hard Thrasher family. Ah, that noble family, alas, destroyed by the hideous Pip 
been. I love my cousin Steepling. I've long sought vengeance. You seemed a natural ally. How do you feel? <laughs> not quite myself. Oh. That is because you're not. The years were not kind to your bedded body. Mm. I have stitched and glued you together as best I can, but I had to replace some of your natural parts. With what? Your kidneys are gone, so I have replaced them with kittens. <laughs> I have kitten kidneys? When you urinate, you may hear them mewing. I see. You also have two accordions for lungs and a windpipe, a windpipe made from an old trumpet. <coughs> Sorry, a bit of a tickle in my throat. Give me a mirror. Yes, I look as handsome and debonair as ever. Although my nose has just fallen off. I cannot wait for revenge. My dark heart is full of hate for Join me, Sternbeater, and together we shall destroy him. <laughs> and now you've laughed your ears off. What? Oh, never mind. Far away in the west, or rather relatively nearby in the east, <laughs> I knew nothing of these events and busied myself by minutely supervising every detail of my bin-making factory. How's the factory going? Very well, sir. Good. I'll nip off home then. <laughs> Exhausted with work, I next called on Pippa and Harry, who were finding new hobbies now their boys were at school. I am setting up two new charities. The first is to help hungry people in Africa, and the second is to help African people in Hungary. <laughs> Splendid. You are so noble-hearted, Pippa. Since my lovely children have gone away, I have so little to fill my aching heart in the empty hours. And to fill my aching heart in the empty hours, I have recently purchased 58 horses. Are you to become a French butcher? No, Pippin. Let me ask you something. What is the fastest a man has ever travelled? Uh, a new steam locomotive recently travelled at 29 miles per hour. I believe it was called the Jogging Scotsman. <laughs> well, I plan to travel faster still. But it is impossible to break the 30-mile-an-hour barrier. Scientists say a man's face would implode due to the phenomenal velocity. Ah, but they said no man could invent a device for travelling through time. And they haven't. <laughs> well, yes. Nevertheless, I will travel faster than 29 miles per hour. How? The jogging Scotsman produces energy to the tune of 48 horsepower, but I have 58 horses. <laughs> which will produce 58 horsepower? Well, which will produce 53 horsepower. Some of the horses are a little bit lazy. <laughs> but my 53 horsepower will triumph over 48 horsepower by a whole five horsepowers, and I will be the fastest man on Earth. Will they not just travel at the speed of one horse? And the slowest one at that? No. They will travel at 58 times the speed of one horse. It's simple mathematics. It is wrong mathematics. It's all right for you with your success and your money and your bin, Pip Bin. But, but, but what about me? What about Harry in the shadows? Harry not as good as his dad or best friend Biscuit. Why can't I dream? Why can't I succeed? Why? 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 <laughs> It is an excellent idea, and you're sure to triumph. <laughs> Yet, apart from Harry and Pippa pining for their children, life continued on an even keel, like a yacht commanded by a competent sailor. But alas, that competent sailor was shortly to be replaced by an evil pirate with no formal sailing qualifications. <laughs> Why, whatever is the matter, dear brother? You look pale. 
and not pale and interesting like a consumptive poet or a new flavour of yoghurt, but <laughs> pale and scared as if you had just seen a ghost. I have received a note. Ooh, terrifying. I hate notes. <laughs> Let me read it to you. Dear Pip Bin, it has been a long time, a long time indeed, but soon you will pay. Ha, 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 ha. Ah, someone with a sense of humour. Is it signed? Yes, but only with the initials G.B. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sat on the piano. G.B., eh? Who do we know with those initials? I can think of only one person. Our evil ex-guardian, Mr. Gently Benevolent. <laughs> Sorry, me again. <laughs> I'll put the lid down. But, dear brother, Mr. Benevolent is dead. It sounds ridiculous, but who else could it be? No, I've got it. You remember the incident involving the horse and the balloon? Oh, of course, yes. That was funny. <laughs> Although, that poor horse. <laughs> well, I completely forgot to pay for the amusing but fatal balloon which I purchased from a man called George Balloon Seller. GB. Do you see? Oh, well, that sounds entirely plausible. Right, I'm going to open up the piano and sit on a happy accord. <laughs> the next day... Harry and I were due to visit St. Lovelace. I was due to unveil a memorial to all the boys of the old St. Bastards who had died in the line of lessons. Uh, which was about 12,000. Harumble! It is our father, Harry Biscuit! And Harumble! It is my lovely children. The memorial was a large iron cross inscribed with the words that none shall die any more. And I stood head bowed and fervently wished that might be true. And then, in the distance, I saw something that unnerved me. Why, Harry, did you see that? I'm afraid not, Pip Bin. I was gazing lovingly at my children. There was a mysterious cloaked figure over there. Look, there he goes over the hill. The one stopping to pick up his nose and left ear. <laughs> I see no one. And listen, can you hear a faint trumpety accordiony laughter? Not really. <laughs> a week later was the day of what Harry called his one place to another in the shortest possible time possible attempt. I have now got 228 horses, <laughs> thereby giving myself a full 228 horsepower. You got rid of the lazy horses, eh? No, but some of the new horses are terribly, terribly keen. You are so clever, dear husband, Harry. How will you stop your head imploding at such terrific speed? Ah, that I have solved with this long and pointed hat I am wearing. The spike on top will cut through the air like a knife through air. Right, let's open up the stable and admire my marvellous flock of horses. I can't see them. Brilliant! My horses have gone invisible! I'm rich! Every army in the world will want my invisible, soundless horses. Or they could have just been stolen. Yes, that does sound more likely. Damn. But how could they just disappear? Perhaps some sort of horse-dissolving gas? Then surely there would be puddles of liquefied horse everywhere. Yes. Wait. There is a note on the floor. Is it from the horses? <laughs> Dear Pip Bin, seeing as you're so stupid, let me be direct. I'm back and I want revenge. First your idiot friend's horses, then your school. Ha, ha, ha. PTO. Ha. <laughs> Yours vengefully, Mr. Gently Benevolent. And if my nose is not mistaken, it has been signed with evil ink. No, it cannot be, Mr. Benevolent. 
It must be someone pretending to be him. Ooh, I love impressions. Who's this? I see no ships. Harry, this is not the time for impressions. <laughs> Obviously, it was Nelson. Wrong, it was Nelson. Whoever it is. <laughs> he is threatening St. Lovelies. He is threatening our boys. We must go there. No, dear sister. Harry and I must go alone. It is too dangerous. Of course. For in the excitement, my womb might ascend unto my head and strangle my brain. <laughs> to St. Lovelies. Is this really the time for a toast? Harry and I. <laughs> Harry and I rushed to St. Lovelace and found Mr. Parsimonious in his headmaster's office. Ah, dear Pip, how lovely to see you. And Harry, what a splendid spiked hat. Now, uh, you simply must have these gifts of fine silk from the Orient. Oh, and this special gravel. Mr. Parsimonious, you are the most generous of men, but now is not the time for gifts. Has anything evil happened here? Uh, yes, at tea we ran out of chocolate cake, so some of the boys had to have sponge. Eviler than that! One of the boys didn't laugh at the breakfast clown. <laughs> what was that? <gasps> the very ground is moving beneath our feet! We immediately rushed outside and saw the most extraordinary sight. There are leather straps around the entire school. They are wrapped all around and then lead off to... My horses! They have been harnessed to the school! And then the rains lead up to the roof of that huge building. The school cakery! Harry, you try and stop the horses. Mr. Parsimonious, come with me. We raced to the roof of the school cakery, pausing only to eat three Chelsea buns and a vanilla slice. <laughs> and there, on the roof, I saw a sight that made my blood run cold. For there, holding the reins of Harry's horses, was Mr. Gently Benevolent. <laughs> Mr. Gently Benevolent! <laughs> Pippin, how terribly unnice it is to make your acquaintance again. But you are dead. Oh, I assure you, I'm very much alive. <laughs> By the way, you have cream on your chin. It is confectioner's custard, you villain. <laughs> how come you are alive? Thanks to the good Professor Sternbeater here, he has resurrected me, and together we shall take our revenge against you, Pippin. Indeed we shall. This was once my cousin Jeremiah Hardthrash's school. And look how you dishonor it. And you killed all of my cousins when I attend family functions. Now there are so many empty seats at the table. Mind you, I do love an extra pudding or five. <laughs> I will still have my revenge. No. This is now a place of learning and peace and love. Such words have no use in my world, Pippin. My world is one of darkness, cruelty, and hate. As is mine but with more custard. <laughs> now I'm going to take your precious school and there's nothing you can do about it. Go on, pull my evil beauties. Harry's stolen horses strained against their harnesses. There was a terrible groaning sound and suddenly the school came free from its foundations and started moving away. I must give my life for my school. Oh, parsimonious, you pathetic, generous creature. Alas, benevolent, all I can offer you is this punch. Oh. And this... and this kick. <laughs> oh, and you simply must have this slap in the face and this flick on the ear. Ah. My ear! You flicked my ear off! And with that, Mr. Benevolent gave Mr. Parsimonious a hard shove. Mm. His foot slipped on the remains of a vanilla slice and he plunged off. No! Desperate to save my generous old friend, I flung myself after him, hoping to catch him before he hit the ground. Almost immediately, I realized my mistake. Ah, no! But fortune favors the misguided, and a gust of wind blew me into the warm, chocolatey embrace of the school swimming pool. 
I climbed out as fast as I could, pausing only to lick myself deliciously clean, <laughs> only to see that Mr. Parsimonious had not been so fortunate, for he had struck the school memorial and lay stunned at its foot. I'm all right. Thankfully, the cross has not fallen. Ah. Do you remember how I said I was all right? That situation has changed somewhat. Mr. Parsimonious, we shall help you. No, we must rescue the school before my horses take it away at enormous speed. Though they're not going as fast as I thought they would. We gazed up at the cakery roof and there witnessed another struggle. We are not moving. I'm carrying too much weight. Stern beater. Yes. No! Oh, I cannot believe you shaft me, your ally, off the school. Although I do have a grudging respect for the evil which made you do it. <laughs> the evil professor came flying towards Harry and me. Look out! Ah! But where has he gone? My head. My head feels heavy. It was no wonder. <laughs> it was no wonder Harry's head felt heavy. He, he was still wearing his spiked anti-implosion hat. And now, the heart thrasher curse has been passed to the stern beaters. Oh, oh. And meanwhile, the school, rid of the weight of the professor, started to accelerate. Now the horses were at full gallop, and now they were moving at 228 times the speed of horse, and they disappeared into the distance at a high velocity. I knew it! I knew I was right! Though this is not the way I would have chosen to be proved so. <laughs> Mr. Parsimonious, do not worry, we shall lift the memorial and rescue you. <laughs> Uh, it's too heavy. All right. We shall not lift the memorial and rescue you. <laughs> Alas, even if you were to lift it, I fear I would not live. And now you simply must have my last words, which are, save my school and kill Mr. Benevolent again. <laughs> and now I have nothing left to give you, Pip-Bin, except my dying breaths. Take this one. <laughs> and this one. <laughs> and he is dead. He was a noble man, and to die thus, crushed beneath a metal cross inscribed that none shall die any more, <laughs> he died as he lived. Ironically. <laughs> and he died trying to save his pupils, including my boys. Oh, my boys! We shall rescue them, Harry Biscuit, and we shall destroy Mr. Benevolent again. And this time, do it really, really properly. Harumble! Only not harumble, because Mr. Parsimonious is dead, and my children are in a runaway school driven by an evil person. Qualified harumble. Now come, Harry. The game is afoot. And indeed it was. My greatest enemy was back, and I had to destroy him once more. And how did you destroy him? That is a longer story than we have time for today. Did you use a sword, or did you use a specially sharpened cushion? No. Did you use a massive angry bear disguised as a lovely roast chicken? <laughs> I'm guessing now. Silence. Come, dear husband, let us leave my father to contemplate his sad memories. Actually, I shall get drunk and ignore them. It is the British way. <laughs> but when you return, you shall hear of our pursuit of Mr. Benevolent, how things took several turns for the worse, and how I very nearly lost my own precious life. Thank you.
Meek Expectations was written by Mark Evans and starred Richard Johnson as Sir Philip Bin, Tom Allen as Young Pip, Anthony Head as Mr. Benevolent, Lawrence Howarth as Mr. Parsimonious, Geoffrey Whitehead as Sternbeater, Susie Kane as Pippa, Sarah Haddon as Lily, James Barkman as Harry Biscuit, and Mark Evans as Sundry Boys and Gentlemen. It was produced by Gareth Edwards. Thank you.